Hey guys, welcome back to the Youth and Culture Podcast. This is your co-host David Pinkham and Ryan is here with me today. Yo! How's it going, man? It's going great. This is, I guess, as good as it can be during all this coronavirus craziness and working from home, about to pull my hair out. What, what's left of it? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah I am bald. For those yeah. of you, because none of <laughs> those of you who are listening can't, can't see, I am bald. I don't have much hair anymore, partly because of um, of ministry and my kids. Maybe, maybe that's the reason why. I don't that's know. Possible. I don't know. But today we are going to be talking about that. Uh, not the not Ryan going bald, but uh, how to connect with our students during this whole coronavirus pandemic. And um, it's been something that I think uh, across the board has been kind of difficult. Uh, for uh, several different reasons. Uh, I think one of the biggest ones is uh, just the lack of uh, face-to-face interaction in, in, in when you're in the same room with someone, um, since we're not really allowed to meet. I know that um, most, if not all, of the states uh, in the United States have uh, released some type of stay-at-home order or strongly suggested stay-at-home order. <laughs> and uh, it's been it's been difficult to um, maintain uh, what we were built for, which is community. And so we've had to find different avenues. So today, uh, Ryan and I are just going to go over some of the stuff that we've been doing, that our churches have been doing, some of the things that we have found and heard about other churches doing uh, that maybe we haven't tried yet or we just don't have the technological capacity for because we're both in smaller, more rural contexts. And uh, so, yeah, that's what we're going to be covering today. So uh, the first thing um, I think that's that everybody has been doing, everybody's been going to, um, it's been a great tool, not without controversy, has been <laughs> Zoom. Oh, yes. <laughs> Zoom yes. is Zoom. fantastic. Uh, I love using it. Um, it's basically Skype, but sounds cooler. And uh, there's a few more features on it that I've seen that I've never seen on Skype now. I have said that I have to also say that I haven't used Skype in years. So um, that's probably um, an ignorant statement. However, um, I've been able to use Zoom for a couple of uh, meetings in the last year that had nothing to do with youth ministry. So I was slightly familiar with the Zoom application when this whole thing got started. Uh, Ryan, your experience with Zoom, have you... uh, up until the pandemic started, had you had any experience with it prior? Oh, oh yes. We've been, I've been using Zoom for good night. Um, a little over a year uh, from different things. Of course, uh, we utilize it here on the podcast. So when we do interviews, this uh, one avenue we utilize it for uh, just because I like face-to-face. Um, I do utilize another another format um, system as well to, to when I do interviews for the podcast. Uh, but we so I've been using it here for uh, Zoom here on the podcast. I've been using it also. I'm a part of for Youth Ministry Booster, 
And I use it uh, as well to connect with my mastermind group and ever, other groups with that as well. Um, so yeah, I've been using Zoom for, for a while. So a lot of this controversy with Zoom didn't really start up until recently uh, when we're having, we're, I think there's roughly about 200 million people on Zoom right now after, after the coronavirus uh, pandemic. And because of that, I think that uh, Zoom itself wasn't built to have the encryption and safety features that it does now. Uh, so it wasn't built for that. So there was some controversial things of Zoom bombing. Of uh, people come into people's Zooms, hacking in, doing stu- inappropriate stuff. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's been some controversy with that. Uh, but just I think in the last week to two weeks, there's been a lot of updates with encryption and safety features on Zoom to kind of prevent that. I know that's yeah. one thing that I heard even recently for, for from another youth pastor that he's having trouble getting some kids because parents or concerned about the safety aspect of zoom because they're hearing all the stuff in the news and reading articles about zoom bombing and all this other stuff. So, yeah, but it's and some it, of that's easy to get around, uh, not get around, but some of that's easy to mitigate just because we can change the settings on our end. Yeah. But, uh, thankfully a lot of the articles that I've seen on zoom, um, that, talked about the issues that they've had uh, most of them I've read have been updated and each of the little problems that are addressed there's an update under it saying zoom has already addressed this zoom yep. has already addressed this they're currently addressing it and so a lot of those problems have gone away and um, I've found s- some of the guys that I've talked to uh, they've had issues with their students doing things they shouldn't be doing on zoom um, yeah I'm just going to thank the Lord. I've been blessed with students who are not behaving that way. Um, the The most that they've done is changed their backgrounds. So when I get on Zoom on Sunday nights with my students for youth group, one of them always is uh, sitting at the beach, um, or at least that's what it looks like. And then uh, the other one has a flag up behind him that I think is the, is it Betsy Ross or Betty Ross, who who made the first American flag with the circle of stars? Gosh. I can't remember. Is it better? You're, you're asking me. You're asking me a history question in the morning. <laughs> in the morning, I haven't had all my coffee yet. <laughs> yeah, mine's only about half empty too. Um, but yeah, that's the one of all of the different avenues that we can uh, use to reach our students um, without actually being in contact with them. I think Zoom has been the most effective as far as face to face is concerned, because we are face to face, and even though we're not in the same room, we're still able to have a uh, a a live conversation, you know, some, something where I'm saying something, you're hearing it responding and it's going back and forth, which has been really healthy um, for them to just be able to talk with people. Um, I have found that uh, when I get on with my students, um, they seem to appreciate being able to talk, even the ones who aren't really talkers. Um, I'll usually do one or two things throughout a Zoom call where I will pose a question or ask them uh, for input on something and then I mute everybody and unmute them each one at a time and let them share. And that lets the talkers get some of that off their chest, but it also lets the introverts who never talk because the talkers won't stop talking, uh, it'll get, allow them to get in a word. And so it's been able, it's been good to be able to do that and we're able to hear from their hearts. They've been, my group's been honest um, they've been pretty upfront with some of the things that they're struggling with. Um, you know, a lot of them, and this is things that are across the board in our, in our culture, you know, siblings don't always get along. 
you know, um, they find themselves bored all the time. There's some fears that they're dealing with. It's, it's this, you know, it's, it's stuff, stuff that everybody deals with, but they're able to talk it out and share. And, and even if they don't want to, um, I've noticed a few of the students that I've been on calls with, um, if they don't necessarily want to talk, they're willing to, if they move their camera so that their face is not on the screen, which, um, I don't, there's a psychological thing that has to do with that. I, I remember as a child growing up, if my dad was like, Hey man, you okay? What's going on? I was like, I don't want to talk about it. And then I'd roll over and face the wall. So he would just sit there and wait. And eventually, cause I wasn't looking at him, I'd start talking and we'd process through some stuff. And eventually I'd roll back over and turn around and talk to him. And so I think as silly as it might sound, being able to be with each other online even if we can't see their face, because half of them, like they're, you can see them from like the eyes up or the nose up, yeah. you know, uh, or not at all. You can see their ceiling fan because they've just laid their phone down so they could hear what's going on and still participate. But still just being able to have that personal connection with people uh, has been, has been pretty helpful for, for my group. I don't know what, what's your group been doing. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we utilize, we're utilizing Zoom as well, but we use it uh, only for, uh, small groups. So we, we, of course, we have the paid account through Zoom. Again, there's different plans. And if you're listening, you can go online and research and research the benefits of all of them. Better um, encryption. Yes, better encryption is one. Better safety. Uh, but what I like about the uh, the fourteen ninety nine, I believe what it is, the lowest plan. What I love about it is I can split my my kids when they are. Everyone's coming on entire youth group. I can split them up in small groups through zoom which is pretty cool yeah pretty neat um and i've been using zoom forever and never knew that until the last few weeks uh so we've been utilizing that and so we meet together we actually moved uh we usually meet on wednesdays i've moved out to thursday nights and we meet together and split up uh one thing that i i do and i have the same thing with kids coming in and they don't want to uh, show their face uh, we have some of that as well. Uh, but one thing I do is, is I, I have a rule that if I can't see your face when you're coming in, you will be booted. And that's, I do that for a safety, safety reasons. I okay. want to know that's the student. Also, one of the things I've done as well is I've created a waiting room. Uh, basically, yes. what that means is that when they try to join the meeting, they're in a waiting room. They're not in the meeting, and you have to literally allow them, admit them into the meeting. I do that as a mm-hmm. safety feature. And one thing I do with tell the students is that you, when you sign up for Zoom, uh, make an account or whatever, um, make sure to put your name. Don't do don't do something funny. Your put first your and last name, not yes. some weird nickname. Yes, put your name because I tell them if I don't recognize your name, I'm not going to let you in until I know who you are. So I will chat you in the wait, waiting room um, and ask you, who are you, before I even let you in. Again, that's a safety feature um, as well that I try to do uh, for, for, uh, for us. But yeah, so, so we, we have some of the same things. I love, love Zoom. That's the way we, we've been connecting face-to-face. Now I've heard a lot of a lot of guys, a lot of youth pastors utilizing and playing Zoom games. Uh, I think that's pretty cool, pretty neat. I would love to do that with my group, but my group personally just doesn't—they're not game oriented. 
Uh, I've, even in our youth group, when I do games, most of them don't like to participate. <laughs> it's just yeah. the only time the only time they like to participate is if it's a teenager, if it's one of their own peers leading the game. Then there's more participation that way. Um, so I haven't been I haven't done games in Zoom yet. I may dive into it depending on how long this thing goes, which I hope yeah. is not long. But if it goes much longer, I may I may test it and see if it works. Um, but right now we're just utilizing it, uh, for small groups, um, uh, right now. So yeah, but yeah, absolutely. It's what we're using for zoom now outside of zoom for connecting. Uh, I am encouraging my small group leaders, my adult leaders to make connections, uh, with their small group throughout the week, uh, either through text, through FaceTime, social media, making connections. Um, cause one thing that I'm, I feel like our, a lot of our kids are, are going stir crazy and they're needing connection more than ever right now. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and just finding ways to stay connected, finding ways, uh, to see how they're doing spiritually. Cause the reality is, um, as a, as a youth pastor, uh, I can't do it all. I, I can't, nope. I, I can't connect with everybody. I can't minister to everybody. And I, and I'm not called to do that. I'm called to equip others for the work for the ministry. And I'm, I'm here, I'm called to equip my leaders mm-hmm. uh, for doing ministry. That's what I'm called to do. And of course, ministering to students as well. That's a part of that umbrella. But my main, one of my main roles is to equip them for ministry. So I've been, I've been, Encouraging them to connect. In fact, I'm going to have another, probably another leaders meeting with them uh, this week, just to kind of check up on how things, how they're connecting, how things are going, what their struggles are, connecting and talking things out. Because this is new for all of us. Uh, this this way of doing ministry is new. I love it because I love, I love change. Yeah. I love innovation. I, I just I just feed off of that. Uh, so I'm loving this. Um, but at the same time, it's a, it's a struggle at the same time as well, because it does put more strain um, on me and, and more stress uh, figuring things out. But on the flip side, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying being innovative and finding new ways to connect with kids, new ways of doing ministry, uh, new ways of seeing the gospel uh, being shared, the gospel coming out in new and creative ways. So I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this time as well. Yeah, I think it's also, um, it's been forcing us to learn things that maybe some of us have previously been saying no to for the longest time. And we finally have to say yes, because otherwise there's nothing to do. Um, there's no, nothing we can do. Uh, we've been having to learn. I, I've I've made no, uh, it, it's no secret amongst my circles that I'm not a huge fan of social media. Um, and that's that's mostly because um, social media has had almost the opposite effect as uh, for what it was intended for. Um, you know, you look back at at its its origin uh, and we'll, I'll just use Facebook as an example, but you know, Facebook's originally, you know, their whole thing was connecting people and what people are further apart now. Um, Mm -hmm. but with this whole pandemic, um, it one, it's forced us to use social media to be in contact with people. Um, and and so I've had to learn a few things and thankfully my wife is a little better at social media than I am. So I've been learning a lot from her lately, especially with Instagram. Um, but 
I think one of the other things that it's done is it's also forced people to reconnect within their own households. Uh, because I think one of the biggest uh, voids that, uh, and I don't want to just blame social media, um, even though I kind of want to, but the way I guess the way our culture has gone, one of the biggest voids that's been created has been within the home itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see, you could peek into, well, don't do this because it's illegal, but you know, peek into the front living room window any night. And if you see the di- dining room table, there's probably people on their phones if they're having dinner together at all. Um, you see people watching TV with a phone or a tablet out on their lap. So they literally have two screens going at the same time. Uh, my wife and I have been in restaurants and I've heard of other people being in restaurants where their families are, there's a family unit at a table and none of them are talking to each other because they're all on their phones. And so this is something that's forced people to come together and almost like relearn their family. Um, I've heard stories of some of my teens that have reconnected a little better with their parents. Um, they've been able to do things with their parents at home because they're, they're stuck at home and it's forced them. They've gotten past the holy cow, I hate living with you phase. And now they're <laughs> learning how to reconnect with each other and, and they're spending some sweet time with family, which has been awesome. Um, so I guess the next phase for us would be as we move through, you know, wanting to continue connecting with family is how do you then reach out to your community and for our students, it's to their peers. Um, and, and like you said, you can't minister to everybody. And if our job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, one of the things that we need to be doing, um, whether we use zoom or Facebook or Instagram or whatever form of getting in touch with our students is, is giving them the tools and giving them the training so that they can reach out to their friends over text or DMS and, and start engaging in conversations or, or continue. I've already got students that have been reaching out to students and um, encouraging them to continue reaching out to their peers. The people that um, before the pandemic we had never met and during the pandemic we'll definitely never meet unless our student can convince them to hop on a zoom call with us, um, which would require them giving them the meeting ID and the password. Also use a password. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but so, so it's, 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 uh, it's forcing um, what you said, innovation. It, it's forcing it on us. And uh, it's, we're at a moment now with the church where I think it's, um, it's either step up to the plate or sit down on the bench. Um, oh yeah. It, it's one or the other uh, because uh, we've had opportunities to minister to our community um, where we have been able to be around people physically, but, you know, trying to maintain the social distancing and, and the different things to keep each other safe. But a majority of the people we're going to reach right now, I think, are going to be our, our church members online and then their friends and the community online. And um, the, the closest we're able to get to the congregation and getting together has been drive-in church. And that's another thing that we've been doing as a church is uh, we've been doing drive-in church, which essentially means we got a couple of people on stage, the worship leader, maybe one person or two people from the team that sings, the pastor. And then people have driven in in like a theater setup where it's like that mm-hmm. curve. Oh, yeah. and, and then rows of those, and they stay in their cars. So they don't get out. They don't start interacting with each other. They stay in their cars to you know, stay away from each other and, and not get sick and, and not break the, the orders. And then... Um, 
and then we have speakers because we're in the country. We can use speakers. We don't have to use an FM transmitter. <laughs> um, we use speakers and we, and we blow it across the parking lot. And, um, and then I'm sitting there, you know, on a little chair and a, and a little stool with my computer. And I've got, uh, my, my phone and the pastor's phone are up on this iPod stand. Um, not iPod, like a vlogger stand thing. And there, his a streaming Instagram, mine streaming Facebook. I'm monitoring the Facebook feed, interacting with people and, and that kind of a thing. And, um, we've had, a, we've had a bunch of people watch our sermons online participate in our service online and we've even had people that have chatted in during the service that have said hey i'm at my house like a mile away and i can hear you guys and i'm loving this (laughs) (laughs) so they join us for church on their front porch just because the speakers are loud enough to get it into their neighborhood and it's been it's been very encouraging for them and it's been very uplifting for them because Otherwise, they're stuck in their house and they're going stir crazy. So that that's been just one other way that we've been able to connect with our our teens and our and our people. Um, when I have to set up the cameras, I have to climb a ladder because um, we have it set up so high. So I climb up a ladder, I can see the whole parking lot, and I can see the teens that are in the cars, and I'm waving to my teenagers like, "Hey guys, I miss you." <laughs> and uh, it's it's been nice, you know. And I can go over to their car and and not walk up to the window, but I can stand in front of the front bumper and you know, wave to them and ask them how they're doing and they'll yell out their window to me. So it's been kind of nice, you know, keeping that distance, keeping the windshield in, in between us, you know, um, to just see them, let them know they're loved, let them know I miss them um, without without necessarily having to do that online because mm-hmm. it's a little creepy online to yeah. send your students, hey, love you, miss you. I don't know. It just <laughs> kind of feels weird unless you're doing it in like a mass group context. Um, so, and, and again, you know, that's just one of those things that uh, best practices trying to be safe and, and, um, keep your students, uh, you know, from having to deal with things that are awkward or inappropriate online, making sure that you're doing what you need to be doing. That's appropriate. Um, that's just one of those things. So I think that the live stream service, the drive-in that's been helpful. Using zoom has been helpful. Um, one thing, I don't know if you're, if you or your pastor is doing this, I think you had mentioned it um, before we started recording, but uh, our pastor at around eight o'clock every night, Monday through Friday, has been live streaming on Facebook a, um, like a nightly devotional for the families. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we're a Word of Life church, so we use Word of Life curriculum and devotionals and, and programming and stuff. So he's just just been going through that, which has been nice because if we have families that are utilizing the quiet times that they provide, then everybody's on the same page already. So it's something that they can discuss as a family. Um, what have you, you've, I think you mentioned you've been doing something with either YouTube or Facebook or yeah, Instagram. Yeah, we've been, I've been utilizing, um, uh, several things when, when it comes to mainly devotions one things i one thing i push uh a lot is you version uh the reason why i do that because it's 100 percent free a good one uh, it's 100 percent free um it's thousands of devotions that the students can utilize the parents can utilize there's even family devotions that's that's in there as well you can do as a family and they came out with something that's pretty pretty neat uh just recently i thought it was pretty cool and pretty awesome is stories. Uh, it's, a, it's an interactive daily devotion that you can do. 
And so I thought that was, that is pretty cool. Um, uh, that you can do as well. So what, what I actually did is I actually sent it out a, a little, uh, like short one minute and a half video and just posted on Facebook, kind of explaining it and having it, uh, like a little screen of my phone beside me on the video. Uh, because I thought it was such a neat little interactive tool because it gives you the verse of the day. It uh, gives a short little video, a minute video, a minute, minute and a half, talking about the verse of the day. And it gives you a devotion specifically on that topic uh, of the day. And, and then after, and it's just extremely interactive. It gives you a prayer to pray through, uh, to kind of guide you. Uh, it's pretty cool and pretty neat. And I, and I so we, I've been pushing Uversion for years, and I've, and I've been pushing even more now um, as a tool for parents and students uh, while they're home, especially when a lot of people aren't going to get out of their house. So they're, they're not going to buy devotionals. Um, it's just they're not. They're not going. It's just it's just something that's free and utilized that's right there on their phone. So I've been encouraged mm-hmm. doing that uh, for devotionals. One of the things that we do I've been doing as well is I've been doing um, short little. Uh, two to three minute devotionals um, and posting it on Instagram and YouTube uh, for my students as well. And we've been just small little things. And now we're going through the book of James. I'm kind of doing a short thing uh, weekly with them with that. Uh, but one thing I'm, I've been, I'm utilizing just recently is because I know my teens are, are tired of seeing my face. And it's just, <laughs> they're seeing my face on everything from devotions to teaching, to Zoom meetings. I, so I know they're a little tired of me seeing my face. So what, what I've been trying to do at least and is utilizing my leaders and trying to do a devotion. Those are comfortable uh, doing a short little two, uh, two to three minute devotion. And then also for uh, my student leaders doing the same thing. And all, and just recently, I've been reaching out to pastors uh, around around the country, seeing if they're willing to to submit and give me a provide me a, with a two to three minute devotion that I can use for my students. Uh, so I had uh, Josh Griffin, at Downland Youth Ministry. Um, he was very uh, very good about sending sending a short video. I got uh, Katie Edwards, who's also sending me sent me a video that I can use for my students. So I got pastors submitting me stuff. Um, and helping you out. And that's one thing that's pretty neat about this time as well is seeing all the collaboration and working together with pastors and ministries uh, together as well. So yeah, I've been doing small things like that specifically for a uh, way to connect with my teens when it comes to a devotional uh, side of things um, as well. And of course, it's ever evolving, ever changing as I'm thinking about getting new ideas from other people and learning more things. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing now. So it may evolve to something else, uh, the next, in the next few weeks or the next couple of months. I don't, I don't know, but constantly there's a lot looking, of change going on. So yes, I mean, a lot of change. And there's a lot of new innovation that's happening even within the uh, quote unquote secular world. I mean, I've seen apps popping up for video conferencing calls and uh, socialization and uh, just different opportunities for people to do um, what they need to do to connect and yeah. to do life together as as similarly to in the same room 
interaction as possible. I think that's what the goal is, is they're trying to do what they can to get as close together without actually being in the same room as they can. Um, and, and providing uh, resources for parents yeah, to disciple their kids because no amount of stay at home, don't touch anybody, don't do anything, don't go anywhere orders are going to stop families from interacting. They live in the same house together. So, um, you know, we, one of the other things we can do is provide resources for parents to disciple their kids because as the church is learning how to reach their congregation and reach mm-hmm. their community online, the parents are the ones that are with their kids. They're not yeah. having to do online relationships with their kids. They live with them. So, but they're also learning how to disciple their children in a whole new way or for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, depending on where the parents are, um, you know, I kind of feel bad for a mom or dad of a teenager that got saved in March. Mm-hmm. Like the parent, like maybe a parent just got saved in March and they're like, sweet, I am all gung ho for Jesus. We're going to go to church. Well, never mind. <laughs> you know, I guess we'll go to church online now. And they're trying to figure out how do I, you know, push my kids toward Jesus, my spouse towards Jesus. And, and we can't even do like the one thing that, um, you know, is kind of like for, for those who are even just checkbox Christians, we can't even go to church. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's like the one thing they, they really want to do. They can't do it. So um, I think providing resources for the parents to disciple their children is great. I think utilizing version is a fantastic idea. Um, I hadn't seen much on the, the stories thing. So oh, you, you got to check it out, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. Um, the, there's another one. Oh, there's a resource that I push to my parents called Axis, A-X-I-S, Axis.org. They have, um, it's, the first time I heard about them and I was introduced to them, they said they're a bunch of millennials trying to um, translate the culture to the Gen Z or Gen X and, and um, the boomer generation. <laughs> um, that's pretty, so that's, that's pretty accurate description. Yeah. Um, and so they have something, it's a free resource. Parents can go to access.org. I'm pretty sure if you just go to that website, it's the first thing there. It's called a culture translator and it's a weekly email where, um, they just, you know, comb through our culture and every week they send out two or three things in an email that kids are probably experiencing, hearing about doing. Um, and it might be a foreign language to the parents and it helps translate that so that they can have a conversation with their teenager. And, and then lead them back to Jesus. I think that's a fantastic uh, resource as well. Um, so yeah, I, I guess kind of to tie it up with a neat little bow, um, there's probably like a million other resources out there that Ryan and I haven't even brought up or things that we've seen fellow youth pastors do that uh, either we're trying or haven't tried yet, but we think it's a good idea. Um, but I think the encouragement I want to leave um, today with, and then, and then Ryan, I'll pass it over to you, is just to um, don't give up. Don't sit on your hands. Um, do something. If you have to do it poorly to figure out how to do well, then do that. Um, I think we've mentioned this even with the last few episodes about our physical and mental health. Um, if this is a foreign thing for you, if you're in a situation where you're having to learn how to do ministry online, just do it up, screw it up, and then try again. You know, fail forward if you have to, um, but but do something because I think this is going to be a make or break opportunity for a lot of local churches, um, whether they're going to survive this and thrive and grow and continue to affect their community for the gospel and for the kingdom, or if they're going to have to close their doors because 
they did nothing. So don't give up, guys. Absolutely. Uh, this is uh, this is going to and to me to me personally again I may be wrong, but to me personally and me and David we kind of talked about this uh, before we start recording, but uh, I really believe that this is going to change how we do church in the future. I really do. And I, th- I think it's going to change it in a good way uh, with forcing us to be innovative, forcing us to think out of the box. How do, how do we sh- uh, reach people with the gospel? Uh, we don't change the message, but we need to change maybe how we present uh, and avenues that we present, how to utilize technology better. Because um, even locally in our area, we have a lot of smaller churches and a lot of them are hurting because they have no grasp of how to utilize technology. There were old, very old traditional churches, which is not necessarily bad, but they were unwilling to change and, and, and utilize things that are in our culture today. And because of that, they're hurting right now. And we've had, even us as, as a church, we've uh, here locally in, my, in our church here, uh, we've had we've had opportunities to help churches locally just how to utilize technology and how to how to still be able to uh, live stream and reaching their congregations. Uh, but I, want, I just want to encourage you: just don't don't see this as, as a time of, of of disruptive and a time of hardship. I, w- I would also see I would try to focus on seeing this as, as a time of opportunity, as an opportunity of how can I be more effective in reaching my students in new and innovative ways? Um, and because one thing, way my personality is, way I am personally is, I love change. I love change. I love finding new ways of doing ministry, new ways of reaching students, new ways of, of sharing the gospel. Um, I, I love that, uh, and that's ingrained ingrained to me. That's probably probably the reason why I'm in youth ministry. Uh, to be totally honest, because youth youth ministry is ever changing. It doesn't oh, stay the so same. So fast. Yes, yeah, ever so ever changing. Uh, so I just want to encourage you if you're, if you're listening, uh, don't give up. Um, fail forward. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to to try try things. Fail at it. Go at it again. You fail at it. Keep on going until you figure it out. Because I'm going to be honest with you, uh, if you are listening, that everything I know to this point was me taking the time teaching myself and screwing up, figuring it out, screwing up, figuring it out. Because I don't consider myself good at anything. I'm a jack of all trades, but I don't consider myself an expert at anything. Uh, but everything I know is for me doing exact, exactly that, researching, trying it, failing at it, learning from that, researching, trying it again, failing at something, making improvements and failing forward. So I would encourage you during this time is just taking advantage, seeing it as an opportunity and don't be afraid to fail. Absolutely. Um, we really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us today. And if you have questions or um, if you want clarification on anything we talked about today, or if you have ideas, look, you know, Ryan and I are, are lifelong learners. We like to learn and we, we like to stay teachable. So if you have an idea you want to shoot our way, or if you have questions, uh, you can contact us. 
Uh, find us on all the social media platforms, Youth and Culture 2000. Uh, feel free to DM us through that. Um, the information, links, and everything will be put in the show notes and uh, below the post, depending on what platform you listen to us on. Um, but we really appreciate you guys taking the time to to listen to us today, and we can't wait to talk to you again in a couple of weeks.